It's Sunday Social, an hour dedicated to social media with Vaughan Davis. Sunday Social, I'm Vaughan Davis with you on what is certainly in Auckland a wet and wild night. And Braden in the tech booth, I, th- I think the only reason he comes to work is uh, to, to get get uh, familiar with music from before he was born. You rocking? You're nodding? You're nodding. I'm nodding. Hey, it's going to be a great show tonight, show number 178. As always, text me 3920 keyword live. It'll pop up right in front of me. I'd love you to be part of the show or tweet me at Vaughan Davis. Later on, you'll be familiar with Mr. Julian Waters. Well, he's just back from a triumphant, a triumphant Wednesday night. Who knew you could have triumphant Wednesday nights? Uh, Organising and uh, and hosting the New Zealand Social Media Awards. You might have seen the buzz around this in the media in the last few days. It was huge. Julian's going to tell us all about the winners and the losers on that night. And we've got some, uh, mm, warning, we've got some news. We've got some news, well, gentlemen especially, if you like if you like to have alone time, if you like to have alone time with your laptop, we've got some, uh, actually, actually a government warning for people who like to have alone time with their, uh, with their laptops. First, though, enjoy this. Enjoy this. all over the country will be thankful that these days the melodic strum of the ukulele has replaced the god-awful atonal screeching of the plastic recorder as the primary school student's instrument of choice. The ukulele's popularity extends far beyond primary school though and yesterday saw Auckland's Vector Arena come alive to the sound of the New Zealand Ukulele Festival. Headlining the event were Hawaiian ukulele YouTube sensations Honoka and Azita who join me now. Hey welcome to the show. Aloha thank you for having us. That was fantastic. What did you just play? Uh, That was a surf rock song called Mizulu. New Zealand. And is that a, a, a composition of yours or is this a, is a standard? Uh, this is a cover of Dick Dale. There you go. So let's talk about the music. And I want to talk a lot more about the, the YouTube side of things because this is a social media show. But let's talk about the music first. So 
the music you just played really did not sound a lot like tiptoe through the tulips. I mean, when I you know when I think about mm. when I think about ukulele, I, I think about jinka 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 jink and you know god awful um, you know little children singing badly and and, and playing even worse. Where did you learn to play like that, and 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 where, how did that style develop? Well, I started playing ukulele when I was four, and I started out at the studio in a, a small place called Kaimuki in Hawaii, and our, my teacher was Jody Kamisato, and I've been playing with him ever since. So that studio was where Azita and I met, and um, Jody, our teacher. He actually used to play at um, Disney Aleni, and um, in Disney, he jumps around and do, does all these um, intricate fast strumming. So all the things that he teaches us is basically what um, we play. So, is is your style of playing or his Jody's style of playing, which you which mm -hmm. you've, you've adopted, is 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 that common, or am I just listening to the wrong ukulele? Well, um, there's definitely different types of um, styles around the world. Wherever you go, there's always something different. Like um, in Hawaii, uh, there's a lot of people that play, like to play like Jake Shimabukuro, which is like really fast. But when we went to um, the Czech Republic in Europe, uh, we found that you can actually play like so many different styles with the ukulele like people were playing like blues and jazz, jazz. and <laughs> classical music so the ukulele is very versatile and why did you each choose that instrument or is this just the thing you do when you grow up in hawaii for sure um growing up when we have uh what is that called, like, kanikapilas, I mm -hmm. guess. Um, it's a thing where when we have parties, aunties and uncles and all the little kids will just um, get around and play the ukulele and sing along. So we all, we kind of have that in our community as growing up in Hawaii. But um, I personally started the ukulele because I got a ukulele from Santa Claus one Christmas morning. I'm going to break it to you. There's no <laughs> such person. There is. <laughs> It so. totally is. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 that, and that was... Because you, you started late in life. You start, So, talking to Hanoka now. So, you're 18 now, right? Yes, I'm 18. So, you started when you're 8. You're, you're a laggard. Yes. A laggard in the, in the <laughs> ukulele uh, stakes. Yes, but actually, Azita started when she was 4. So... But that, 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 <laughs> that, that's why she plays lead and you just strum in the background. Pretty yeah. much. Um, <laughs> here in New Zealand, anyway, this instrument is really associated in, in most people's minds mm -hmm. with with young children it's it's become as i said in the intro it's become the instrument that children now thankfully play instead of those horrible plastic tooty toot recorders <laughs> is is that the perception in other parts of the world you know you've traveled a bit and is it seen as a, a child's instrument or a grown-up's instrument generally around the world well um recent or like back in the day um, the ukulele is was just seen as like this, like really toy. Yeah, this toy. Yeah, yeah I mean you can like, still buy one in a toy shop, right? Yeah, we call yeah. it the ABC store ukulele. <laughs> right. But um, now there's like so many ukulele festivals around the world, and um, it really opened our eyes. Like we never even thought that the ukulele has gone to like places like Australia or even New Zealand, you know. Oh, just down the road. <laughs> we're, not, we're, not, we're not terribly far away. 
And and you've travelled you've travelled a lot. So your 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 music has taken to taken you to quite a few parts of the world, right? Yeah. Tell, tell us about that. So when we first started playing, we entered this contest, and um, we just happened to win it. And that summer, we were uh, invited to perform in Okinawa. So that was the first place we went. And then after that, we've been to Japan. Czech, Niue, just like a I, month I ago. Saw, I saw that. I yeah, saw that. I, I, so I saw beautiful. on your website there was a, a link to a uh, an ukulele festival in Niue. I'm forgotten to say it, you would have outnumbered the locals. Um, <laughs> did did many people turn up? Was it big? Yeah. Um. Pretty much the whole island. There's only like 1,200 <laughs> people um, living on the island, but everyone came to the festival. Like we met. I'm pretty sure we met every single local. Well, do you know, you, you would have had more New Orleans turn up to your festival. Had you, You'll probably have more New Orleans turn up to your New, New Zealand gigs than you did in New because more New Orleans live here than live there. Right. Which yeah. is which is kind of sad and, yeah. and, 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 and interesting all, all at the same time. So Japan, that surprised me. I kind of I kind of got the popularity of the ukulele here and in Australia, but Japan really mm-hmm. surprised me. Is, is, there, is there a big following for the instrument there? Yes, um, in Japan, the ukulele is seen as a very like Hawaiian. Um, they really like that kind of um, Hawaiian aloha spirit. Yeah, the so style. The hula is really big in Japan, and it, also ukulele it is. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and why? And why do you think that? I, I know there's been a long sort of cultural connection between the right. the, the two countries or the, mm-hmm. the state and the country. But what, why? Why do you think they've kind of seized on that? Those two aspects of the culture. Um, Who I knows? Think... They they just love it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think it goes for both both ways. But I think our culture is just really really different, and that just imp- inspires the both of us. So as well as traveling you know physically around the world to to do your concerts and your tours and things one of the, one of the ways that you uh get your music out there is through youtube mm-hmm. and this is this is a big part of it and i was listening to a uh listening to a track called body surfing which is it fair to say body surfing is your your biggest hit if you had a hit would that be it what well, one of them one is, of one yeah. of them one of our many <laughs> one of our many many hits um, 1.4 million views, I think, which was which was pretty impressive for a, for a YouTube video not involving a cat. That's pretty good numbers. Right? <laughs> have you considered putting cat? Have you here's a pro tip: put cats in your videos because uh, no. cat, cats have fleas. And go, you know, go back to the name of the you can, oh, it's oh. All, it's, it's all, I know it's all in there, right? We actually uh, say my dog has fleas. I know there's there's fleas <laughs> there, there there are fleas all through this conversation. When did you start, did you decide to share your music and your performance through YouTube? Why is that important to you? YouTube. So I think um, we just started playing for fun. Yeah. And so we met this videographer that was um, our friend, and he just wanted to take a video of us. So he actually took the body surfing video, and it was so nice. So we thought might as well just post it, right? So then that's kind of like how we started we didn't really think much of it yeah and, and it just exploded from there yeah and, 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 and one thing led to another and 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 now you're globally famous hey i'm talking to uh hawaiian ukulele youtube sensation hanoka and azita back soon vaughn davis hashtag sunday social radio live
Welcome back to Sunday Social. I'm Vaughan Davis. Joining me all the way from Hawaii, ukulele sensations, Hanoka and Azita. Welcome back. Aloha. Aloha. Hey, tell me about the snippet, because it wasn't the whole song, the snippet you just <laughs> played. Tell me about that. Uh, that was a song called Body Surfing. It was one of the first videos that we put on YouTube, and um, it ended up getting like one million hits. Or oh, 1.4 million hits, I think you'll find. <laughs> And that, that, as we said before the break, that was one of your many hits. And YouTube sort of forms quite a big part of your following. I see you've got something like 57,000 subscribers, which, again, without cats is a good number. <laughs> and you promise your viewers you're going to put up a new video every two weeks. Mm. Have you managed? Because that's, that's quite a burden, right? Well. That's, a, that's a lot of content. Uh. Not quite. <laughs> What apart from the music, you know, you've, you've got a bunch of videos up there now, and and you know numbers aren't everything, but it's nice to see lots of numbers, right? Mm -hmm. Apart from the music, what what in your experience so far do you think has made a great video? What are the ones that people like to watch? Um, definitely the ones that um, involves a beach, <laughs> because body surfing. Um, if you just look at the um, the little the little icon picture thing. Um, it's a picture of us sitting on a beach, and I think that's what drew people to watch the video. Just having a cool picture in that in that right-hand right. pane of YouTube that scrolls past. And, right. That looks good. I'll watch that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And what what else? What else sort of does it for them? Do you think? I mean, be, being in Hawaii is a good starting point, mm -hmm. right? As opposed to being in right. a in a boring Auckland office <laughs> block street. So the the scenery is part of it, mm -hmm. and it looks like you're having fun. Yeah. Which, which probably because is probably because you are. <laughs> we definitely are. Either that or you're really, really good at faking it. Um, <laughs> so 1.4 million views on YouTube. And this, this kind of interests me because I know that when you have a YouTube channel, all those views, if you get enough of them, can turn into money, right? And has this yes. turned into much money for you? Um, well, You've we, got a pretty fancy ukulele there. Um, they're that, really that, like, would, that wouldn't have been cheap. Oh, um, I don't think so. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, um, we definitely monetize our videos. But they're really strict on copyright and stuff. Um, if it's not an original song, then um, it can't be monetized. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Oh, that, and and do you do you uh, write much for your own stuff, or is it mostly just standards and, and, and covers? Um, we started off doing a lot of covers, but um, we're starting to write more music now. Uh, we just released our mini album called um, Self-Titled, Honoka Nezita. And um, on there we wrote um, two original songs. There's four songs total. Mm -hmm. That's a very that, that is quite a mini album, isn't it? <laughs> that's that's what we would have called back in the day an EP. Did you? Did yeah, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's called an EP. There you go. We know what an EP means. <laughs> um, so, at 15 and 18, I'm I'm guessing that you know making money isn't the most important thing in your life at the moment. But you know if you want to continue as musicians, making money is going to have to happen. How does uh, a young you know will be a very successful ukulele duo make money in 2016. How do you do it? Where, 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 where does the money come from? Because it, you know, it doesn't come from selling records or CDs anymore, right? Mm, uh, it's definitely the market has changed. Um, I guess start, we started off busking and then uh, we started getting like a lot of... Um, contacts from um, people who saw us in Waikiki and that that started growing we started doing like more corporate events for like big companies who have like dinners and then that became to doing like festivals all over the world and um, yeah I mean 
we're just we're just having fun. It's 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 interesting that the the money's kind of gone out of recording and 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 people buying your music to, and it's moved towards people watching you perform, right? Which is, as as artists, that's got to be good fun, right? Yes. More, more, <laughs> if you were to describe your audience, you know, from from your live events. Who who are the people that engage most with the music? Who are the people that enjoy it the most? Wow. That is a hard question. <laughs> but um, I think... Well, I guess, who are your fans? You know, if, 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 if someone's come rushing up to you after a gig saying, oh, I love you guys, I watch all your videos, please can you sign my ukulele, who are those people? Um, definitely uh, the people who um, are into music and into ukulele, but there's also the people that... Um, we just, um, I guess, like, when we go around the world, we meet, like, people from different cultures. So, like, when we went to Niue, um, I guess some people play ukulele, but uh, most of them are just locals. So we just, um, when we went there to play for them, they were, like, completely in shock, you know. They came up to meet us, like, um, saying hi and everything. So I think... Um, yeah, we just make everyone smile. <laughs> if, if, uh, I mean, if, if you were to busk on, you know, Queen Street, our main street in Auckland now, do you think you'd be recognised? Do you think, you know, are there enough people out there who've seen your videos that they go, oh, it's you guys, it's, it's, the, it's, it's the people from YouTube? <laughs> Maybe. Um, Maybe you should try it. Yeah, when when we came into the lobby, um, there was one guy like, hey, you guys are famous. <laughs> you play ukulele. We're like, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, we definitely get people who know us, like, when we're just walking around. Which is which is which has got to be kind of cool, right? It's 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 that point in your career where it's kind of fun, but not not too too annoying to be you know, bothered all the time. <laughs> so now, if 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 I if I read your Instagram account correctly, you've been in New Zealand since October, right? Is that correct? Uh, we came here like five weeks ago. Oh, was that a different visit? Yes. Oh, you've been coming. Your your jet setters. Oh, was that on the way to Niue? Yes. Aha! I get it. Okay. At what what you know of and what you've seen of the New Zealand ukulele scene? What what have you engaged with many other players in the time in the times that you've been here yet? Actually, we just came back from visiting May Road Primary School. Uh -huh. Is it? And uh, the children. Very very famous primary school. Really? Oh, well, um, the children actually greeted us with a performance. Fantastic. The ukulele, and we were very touched and really impressed because we don't have that in Hawaii. You don't have what? Um, where kids are able to um, engage into the ukulele as much as they can. Well, it's become a thing in the last, I, I don't know, five to ten years in New Zealand. It has become a movement where, you know, standard as a, as a five, six, seven-year-old, you'll get one of these things thrust into your hand. It might yeah. be an ABC store quality one, I'm sorry. <laughs> and, and you know, expected to play it as part of your schooling. You know, we've got, you know, when, when, when two and a half thousand kids stand up at Victor Arena yes. and, and play that, that's, that's quite something, right? So this doesn't happen in such a structured sense in Hawaii. Um, well, Hawaii, Hawaii um, the ukulele is our state instrument. Yeah. But... Well, are you the only? Well, are you the only state with a state instrument? Because that's a, I'm trying. I'm struggling to think of others. Yeah, but uh, just seeing the kids um, play the ukulele here, the passion is just very different. You can see it in their face. And and is the playing style different? I mean, I know they're just little kids, and you guys are you know world famous YouTube professionals. But is is the playing style different as you discern it? Well, um, depending on where you go in the world, for example, when we went to Niue, um, the kids 
like were very percussive with their ukuleles like they would like do these tapping things and then they play like really fast and they were all on on time on beat with each other and it was amazing to see that but these new zealand children uh they were um singing singing their own culture of um their music of their own culture and playing along so i thought that was very interesting which 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 is which is very very cool indeed looking looking beyond the ukulele new zealand music in general had you any preconceptions of that before you came here did you have much knowledge of new zealand musicians and their music we actually came here not knowing what to expect we just wanted to um learn about the culture as we came here and and when you when you put when you both put down your ukuleles and, and get on an airplane and put your headphones on and, and, and travel, <laughs> mm-hmm. what do you listen to? Other ukulele or do you listen to something else? Um we listen to anything, but yeah. my favorite is just I guess oldies. Anything that has a like, groove and style just catches my attention. Yep. I listen to a lot of reggae. And and, and, <laughs> and has that ever made its way into your playing? Um, we definitely put um some reggae style like here and there, just like a little bit of everything. Okay. So finally, because the, you know this is technically the social media show, we've talked about YouTube. Talk talk about the other ways you use the internet and social media to connect with your fans. Is that an important part of what you do? Yes. Um, sometimes it can be really hard to keep up with the postings and all that because we still do go to school. Um, some people think we don't, but we uh, still go to school and um, we use Facebook. That gets a lot of. Um, attention Mm -hmm. and right now um we're using instagram which i think the um age group is a lot lower than facebook so we are starting to have more um fans that are younger like our age or even younger so we really enjoy um interacting with them very cool and if people want to find out more about you and connect to all your social channels and 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 you know even buy your music um hanoka and azita.com huh yes yes hey thank you so much for uh for joining me tonight on sunday social and i hope you really enjoy the rest of your time down here in new zealand thank, thank you. you so much for having us hey you would have picked up too that uh well, from the uh, references to victor arena rather than spark arena that that uh, that chat and Beautiful, beautiful ukulele music with uh, Hanoka and Azita was recorded earlier on this year, but it was just so awesome, I thought I'd play it to you again. Ukulele, a bit of sunshine, a bit of sunshine on a cloudy day. After the break, Mr Julian Waters with a download from the New Zealand Social Media Awards. And, oh, I've got to warn you, well, it's not me warning you, it's the government about a very important precaution you need to take if you're planning some alone time with your laptop later on. Back soon. Connecting you to the future of the internet. Internet. It's Sunday Social with Vaughan Davis. Hey, welcome back to Sunday Social and welcome back to Mr. Julian Waters. How are you, buddy? Not too bad, Vaughan. How are you doing? Good. You look tired. You oh, look, you look hap- happy and tired. Oh, I'm still tired from Wednesday, you know. It's taken, never taken me this long to recover from anything, which means either I'm getting old or I worked bloody hard on you, it. You did work bloody hard. And for the people who didn't listen to the show set up, maybe you were, uh, you know, getting a cup of tea. Um, on Wednesday night here in Auckland, uh, saw... The biggest, best and brightest ever New Zealand social media awards. The third year of the event, but I've got to say, felt at least twice as big and twice as spectacular as anything that had gone before. Fair comment? 
I would say so. We, we've run it, actually, we've run it three times before. So in a sense, this was the fourth year. But uh, what we've done before, the, f- the first year we did it was a bit of a wacky little show we put on in a pub, which was a lot of fun. That was great. Um, yeah, and then, then the last couple of years we, we looked at awarding agency work or brand campaigns that were performed within social media. This year we, we c- went to capture the entirety of the, the wonders of social media in New Zealand from from funny YouTubers to community initiatives on Facebook through to, and we still included people that had done great things promoting their wares. So, so yeah, big, big, big. And we had them all in the room. We did, we did. We're not going to go through the, uh, here's me saying we did and I just turned up. Um, (laughs) We're not going to go through all all, all 22 categories, but uh, who who were some of the really big winners on the night? So, So... in the same way someone can sweep the Grammys or whatever, I'd say How To Dad was the one who, who nailed it. His work with uh, Lotto won the, uh, I think, oh, no, what category was that? Oh, yeah, brand integration, I think he was involved in. Uh, his his so, New so, Zealand video so, won so, travel. So you can, you, can, you can listen back, radiolive.co.nz, under shows and Sunday Social. How To Dad was on the show ooh, about three weeks ago. I can pick him. Uh, so this you is, can. this is this is uh, well, the shtick is that he's just an ordinary dad in a bush shirt who does funny things with his baby. The truth is a little bit more, a little bit less magical than that, but it doesn't make the videos any less funny, does it? I'll tell you what, he did turn up in his stubbies and jandals, didn't he? Jumping yep. around like a, like a, like a, <laughs> a loose unit. He never, yeah. he, he certainly never broke character. What, what was your, um, what was your personal favourite? I mean, you, the judging's finished, the, the, the event's over. What was, what was the award winner at the New Zealand Social Media Awards that perhaps touched your heart? Oh, gee, that's a hard call. I have to split it. I mean, look, I was thrilled that Jimmy Jackson got his, his fans involved and they all voted for him for People's Choice. So he, he was he's a comedian. He's a comedian. He is a comedian and, and another, another what some would term a bit of a loose unit, a bit of a, uh, yeah, a bit of a bit of an edgy guy. Um, so that was just that was just fantastic to see his his reaction to winning that. He, he may well have dabbed on stage without irony. <laughs> he did the, he did the multiple dab. The multiple he did the kung dab. fu dab. The kung fu dab. The the other one that I would have to pick out was was attitude, and I had never heard of this community for uh, disabled wheelchair bound people, um, but but they they have created a sensational, a really active and really valuable Facebook and. Um, you know, social media and, and YouTube and YouTube as and well. YouTube. Yeah, yeah, to to support other people and and just the guys were fantastic. Um, I did forget to hire a ramp. Well, in fact, I didn't partly forget to hire a ramp for the stage. I just the supplier wasn't able to provide it and I wasn't able to do something about it. So I felt a little bad about that. But the, they were just there, and it was just just to have that sort of diversity in the room. Um, that that was why I did it. That's why I ploughed three months of my life into this, which 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 was pretty cool. I mean, one of the you know I've had um, blind and uh, and deaf people actually on the show before talking about how they use social media, and it's one of those levelers really. If if, you, if you're inter- interacting with people through a, a screen or a, a you know a device, it, a lot of those differences drop away, don't they? Remember in the early days of Twitter, we used to say nobody knows that you're a dog on Twitter. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, no, no, no one knows. No one knows that you, you know, you can't walk or can't see. I suppose. Exactly. So, so if you, I, I did a bit of digging uh, into those guys. So, if you if you search Attitude NZ on Facebook 
or on YouTube. There's one heck of a lot of content. I'm very keen to uh, to get them onto the show in the in the coming weeks. I think they'll be good. Be great, be good. Yeah. But also there, there were the, there were the rock stars. You know, your uh, your Jamie's World, who was one of the first ever uh, vloggers or you know high mm-hmm. profile vloggers in New Zealand. Um, you know, Sean XO, the, uh, the the beauty blogger, who not surprisingly um, won the, the the beauty category. Although my money was on Kato Potato. My money was on Kato Potato. She was right. Shout out Kato Potato for jumping on stage right at the end and getting your boogie on and, prese- and presenting an award for me when I was somewhere else in the room. But yeah, but again, we talk about Shane XO as uh, a superstar. She's from Palmerston North, and I believe she worked in a supermarket before she went full time. She was working at a, as a waitress in a cocktail right. bar when I met <laughs> her. I think that's how the song went. Hey, um. One of the uh, one of the big the big features of the New Zealand Social Media Awards and congratulations again on uh, such a great event was the giant polystyrene hashtag and that's been with us since the uh, since the very beginning I think it's about I don't know it's about a meter and a half tall big polystyrene hashtag um, I, I think we should I think we should point out before people Google photos that it was backwards through the entire event. Yeah, thank you for yeah. that. <laughs> people. It's so hard to put on a perfect oh, show. I know, know, I know. You put your hashtag backward, but the, the reason the reason I'm uh, I'm bringing this up is because this week's a very big week for hashtags. They're ten years old. Hashy birthday to you. Hashy birthday. Hashtag. Same age as my daughter, actually. Yeah, what? Chris um, Miss Messina, I think his name is, was a hashtag birthday. Yeah, yes, hashtag. hashtag yeah, very good one. That's a, that's a good one. Hashtag birthday. Happy birthday hashtags. Got to love them. Yeah, so so if, if you would have seen these. You, you must have been living under a rock not to see this. You know, people are right, uh, you know, hashtag happy or um, ha- hashtag black lives matter. And you go, what the heck is a hashtag? Well, what a hashtag is, is something that was invented not by any of the social networks, but by a guy, Chris, who used Twitter and wanted to find a way to bring together, you know, conversations, discussions about different things by, by means of a distinct meaningful and easily searchable word and his idea was let's just put that hashtag or that pound symbol in front of the word you want to aggregate and it makes it really easy to search across different conversations and they range from you know the the trite like uh, hashtag follow friday do you remember that on twitter oh yeah used to be big used to be big on on friday you'd say who should you follow and and people would recommend people but now everyone follows everyone but but right through to right through to really important stuff like uh you know nzsma (coughs) nzsma and uh, and indeed, Black Lives Matter. So happy birthday, hashtag, uh, through thick and thin, through the trivial and significant. You've been a faithful and sometimes backwards friend for the last 10 years. <laughs> hey. It's, it's, it's marvellous simplicity, hashtags. Marvellous simplicity. Stories are what women tell to their children and what eventually their children tell to their children. But the first stories are how to be human. that helping others is the most important thing in life. We're all in a rat race. Look at this. We're in a rat race. To go where? Stop and look at the people around you and say, can I help that person? Now, that is, of course, Julian, um, a hashtag that got turned into a Facebook group that has now been turned into a movie. Humans of New York. Are you? Uh, in, in fact, it was a book. It was two books, at least, along the way. Uh, are you a fan of Humans of New York? I do remember seeing some of the posts when it first came out, but it spurned 
all the you know the humans oh, the, 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 or the, the this of that era. or cats of Ponsonby. You know, <laughs> the, there is this of that. Well, this was the granddaddy of them all, the grandmother of them all. Mm. Humans of New York was a uh, a photographer and, and blogger in New York whose name I can't remember, who basically met interesting people, photographed them, and told their stories on uh, on Facebook. Beautiful, beautiful stories. Interesting people. You know, New York is a, a city full of interesting people. And now Facebook has just said they're going to make it into a 12-part documentary series, and that was the, the promo we were just listening to. Sensational idea. I absolutely love it. I think we are far too obsessed with putting the same so-called celebrities in front of people over and over again when if you actually walk outside the front door and walk down the street and say hello to some of the characters around you or, or as this documentary will do sift through some different interviews and, and find some really interesting characters that would not necessarily be your your celebrity or your well-known figure um, every, every, everybody has wealth. a story yeah, everybody has a story stories so i'm, I'm looking Amazing. forward to that it's uh it's it's appearing not on netflix not on sky not not even on tv3 it's appearing on a new thing called watch on facebook so this was announced uh, about two weeks ago and it's facebook's huge video play um so we haven't seen it here yet have we it's not uh not live here watch on facebook I don't think so. I haven't come across it. No, no it's, so it's, it's, it's just coming live in the States and we can see it, expect it later in the year. But the idea is Facebook is putting tens of millions of dollars into commissioning and buying, in some cases, um, original video content uh, to run exclusively on Facebook. So the idea is you will never, ever have to leave Facebook ever again. It, it's, it's the thing that you wouldn't expect social networks to move towards social networks have started with our content we share content with each other and, and now they're making their own they're all looking to, to develop their own content or own their own content that that becomes a a reason that you're looking at snapchat instead of instagram or facebook instead of youtube yeah well i suppose if i'm, if I'm facebook every minute that uh you know my my member is away from facebook is a minute that i can't uh you know put advertising in front of them and and sell their attention now one thing facebook will probably never do i'm going to make a bold prediction here on the 27th of of august 2017 one thing i think facebook will probably never do is provide adult entertainment you with me i would think not seems unlikely no. seems unlikely i think so mm. and the reason i bring that up is because uh Warning, warning, government warning. Now, uh, you might not know, you might not know that while you sleep, uh, there is a New Zealand government agency watching your digital back. It's called CERT, C-E-R-T, the New Zealand Cyber Emergency Response Team. And, well, I thought they were, they were set up to, um, you know, protect our, our banks and, and military computer systems and government secrets from... Um, from overseas threats, but it turns out it's a little bit closer to home. Were you surprised that the government uh, had, a, had a position on this this next little story, Julian? A little bit? A little bit? Well, they've got to do something all day, I suppose. Everything comes up, doesn't it, eventually? Yeah, so the government, this is our tax dollars in action, uh, has issued the following warning that um, there is a scam going around where you may receive an email claiming, claiming that when you were at an adult website... And by that I do not mean uh, newshub.co.nz, an adult website. Someone accessed your webcam and recorded footage of you. Well, the government only says recorded what was happening. Well, what is happening while you're at an adult website? And unless you uh, unless you pay them some money, they're going to email the video to everyone in your contact lists. Well, 
the government advice from the cyber emergency response team is number one don't pay the ransom mm, fair enough number two um, put some sellotape over your or some masking tape some masking tape maybe some duct tape over your webcam they have no moral position they don't care what you do in front of that computer they just suggest you tape up the camera before you do it thanks government after the break the apps you need to get through the week back soon sunday social Don't worry, be happy. Welcome back to Sunday Social. We're in the home stretch, the weekend variety wireless. Mr. Graham Hill waiting in the wings, but in the meantime, it's me and Julian. We've got the apps, have we not, Julian? We do. We always do. Hey, there is nothing, there is nothing that says, I love you, like a personalised T-shirt. Look, I'm wearing one. Oh, I'll tell you the story about this one later. You probably know where this goes. Um, but you have got you have got an app. You've got an app that turns your Instagram photos or your whatever photos into pretty funky T-shirts. Tell us about that. Yeah, I was looking to see the uh, the Apple Pay apps in the App Store just for curiosity, and I saw Snap T. Um, Snap T. Now we all know. What interested me about this? If you wanted a custom-printed T-shirt, what would you do? You'd, you'd look up, you'd find a screen printer or someone or go to the mall and yep, you know, you'd yep. give them an image and they'd say, oh, that image is no good, and then you'd have to go back and redo it or whatever else that's on the computer. Well, with this app, and it's it's really simple. There's a few too many tool tips or whatever that appear on the screen, but you can upload a photo. You could take a selfie of yourself or you could upload a photo that's on your phone or you can start playing around with some words. You can... then it. Shifts over and shows you some colours of T-shirts, so you pick one that matches, uh, and then basically, you know, size, whatever quality, order it. Away you go. But, but in between time, uh, on Snap T, in the name of the app, there's some really interesting design tools. So it's not just, you know, like the old put put your photo on, on a cake, uh, you know, the photo is the thing. It'll, it'll, put, it'll turn the photo into dots, or it'll put the photo inside a grid, or, a, you know, a pie chart, or whatever. It's really really funky i really like it i really like it, it to me it, it fits into that far i'm always thinking big picture with these things i mean the app in and of you're itself is pretty funky julian well, you're a visionary well, well I, I just get interested in the trends and what this means and you know this big discussion of people saying my job could never be replaced by technology well you know what in the design business a heck of a lot of it can yeah because th those designs even though they're formulaic and wham bam these are t-shirt they are really pretty good so I, I haven't ordered one yet but i had a look um it costs in new zealand dollars because they're made in hong kong as far as i can make out from the app uh 48 that's quite expensive but if you're thinking i don't know christmas present not too bad uh and takes 10 to 18 working days so that's close to a month yeah, you know, that, that so so mm -hmm. it's not cheap, it's not fast, but it is good. Snap T available for iOS and Android. I recommend it. Yeah. Not that, not that I've tried it. I've played with it. I've played with it, but I haven't got the well. Not played with it like you know. You need the masking tape on the webcam. Played with it. Different sort of played with it. Um, moving Very right good. along. Um, augmented reality. We're into this, right? Uh, yeah, well, it's meant to be the big new thing, isn't it? Well, augmented AR reality, AR virtual, virtual reality. So augmented reality is when you look through a device, uh, such as smart glasses or, in this case, the, the camera of your phone, you see the world, the, the world as it is, but is augmented by something being added to it. In this case, it's the, uh, it's the clever Japanese, and they see dead people. Well, I don't even know what movie that was. I see dead people. It's a movie reference. Um, what did you think about this one? A little bit creepy. So the idea is you memorialise 
yourself or in, well, probably someone else does because you're dead at this point by placing you virtually a picture of you in a place your favorite place geolocated so it might be your gravestone it might be somewhere a little bit you know less uh, less maudlin and when people come to the place they turn on their phone turn on the app and look at the you know the willow tree and then standing underneath the willow tree is julian as if he was still alive you've got to love the japanese for exploring the boundaries of reality versus imagination we've talked about a few different things in that vein including the the virtual reality girlfriend and all sorts of other things that have come from japan this one you know on the one hand yes it, it seems a heck of a lot better than a tombstone which is you know obviously taking up space in a particular place and will wear and get old good point if you can see uh, instead you you consider a certain place your memorial place of a person and you can go there and just by holding up your phone you will see them you'll see the person at, the, at yeah. the moment it's just a 2d picture so but it, surely it can't be long before the the person is you know holographic doing doing a little dance yeah, help, exactly. me, help me obi-wan you're my only hope but on the other hand on the other hand if you want to see a picture or a video of someone who's deceased can't you just look at the picture and video i mean to make to, to sort of arbitrarily force yourself to travel to a particular spot but you, and but hold you do your that phone. with a gravestone you know travel to my gravestone and look upon me and weep you know oh, well. that's um, but i mean the, the thing that worries me is if that's my only memorial um you know i'm one i'm one company collapse away from my virtual remains disappearing <laughs> Gone. And they do want you to pay for it every they month. They do want you to pay for it every month. Uh, mm. at, le at least with a with a gravestone, it just sits there and uh, and and slowly weathers. If you're interested, well, you need to be in Japan, but uh, it's called Suma S U M A Tomb Suma Tomb. Uh, but uh, who knows? Coming perhaps to a uh, to a graveyard near you. Should we talk about poo? <laughs> no. Just just to finish finish. No. Well, if it's good enough for the National Party to talk about poo, which they did. Policy announcement yesterday. You're up with the politics. You would have you would have you would have, you would have caught this. It's good enough for us. So yesterday, the National Party announced that Freedom Campers, her Freedom Campers, um, will be fined. It didn't say how much, or maybe it did. Um, if they parked, camped overnight more than 200 metres from a public toilet, because they don't want them, you know, pooing in your in your cactus garden, right? Well, in fact, you wouldn't poo in a cactus garden, would you? <laughs> That'd be courting disaster. Um, I don't know. What would you? What would you? What, what would you poo in? What would be the com most comfortable garden to poo in? Well, I, I would have not assumed roses, people would dig a roses, hole if they weren't going to. But yes. no, that's the problem. They don't. They don't. So the problem is, I'm a freedom camper. I don't want to get fined. I need to camp within 200 meters of a public toilet. Easier said than done. But it turns out there's both a website and an app for that. Did you even know about this this website before before tonight? Toiletmap.co.nz. Toiletmap.co.nz. Now this is worth this is worth knowing. This is worth knowing even if you're not a freedom camper because uh, you might not be listening to me tonight. Um, you know, if you're not a, if you are a freedom camper, but those who are not freedom campers should know this anyway. Toiletmap.co.nz was originally made. Uh, for sufferers of Crohn's disease, which, uh, without going to too much detail, means you, you know, you're quite familiar with public toilets, um, and helps you find them anywhere in the country. There's hundreds of them. It's absolutely cool. Toiletmap.co.nz. I love it. Yeah, I suppose technology can't do away with our need to make use of such facilities, can it? But yeah. So yes, makes makes a lot of sense. Very very handy. 
Well, it is very no doubt. I think it's, it's, it's very well put together. It's very comprehensive. For people that aren't stuck in the office in front of the computer constantly. But even if you are, <laughs> it, it, it got me interested. It got me interested. How many public toilets are there in Alexandra? Scathologically five. inspired. There's five. There's five. Yeah. I'm telling you, there's five. I had a look. Toiletmap.co.nz. And mm-hmm. if you're an app fan, there's an app for that as well. It's it's more of a broad brush uh, approach. It's called Camper Mate. And I think it might, might sort of have the same underlying technology. So Camper Mate doesn't just tell you where the toilets are. It tells you where the campgrounds and all sorts of other things are as well, which is which is which is kind of cool. I like it when high technology, um, you know, connects to our, our our basest bodily needs. And remember, pro tip: if uh, if you connect to the other base bodily needs, the government would like you to put a uh, a piece of tape over your webcam. Hey, thank you so much, my first half guest, second time round, Hanoka and Azita, Mr. Julian Waters, as always, in the booth, Mr. Braden Leggett, rocking it, and stand by for Mr. Graham Hill and the Weekend Variety Wireless. I'm Vaughan Davis, nighty-night. <laughs>